Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? We are back for our weekly industry tips. Uh, first of all, we just want to thank you all for your support. Uh, the industry tips actually has been quite popular with, with what we're doing, and so we keep on getting requests for different topics. And so for today, we are going to talk about the different types of scholarships that are out there that you could earn at the different levels of football. So how you doing, Brian? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm excited about this topic. We get questions about this all the time from uh, parents and athletes, and whenever we do our recruiting talks at all of our camps, uh, we talk about this stuff, and we get a lot of compliments on the the value and knowledge that we provide. And so, I think it's I think it's really important, and especially with the 2019 class and JUCO players right now signing scholarships or committing to walk on offers, etc. It'd be good to clarify a few things, and maybe even help those that that are getting in the recruiting process over the next year or two. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So, Brian, why don't you start us off with kind of comparing the differences with walk-on, PWO, and scholarships? Yeah, I think it's important to know the different divisions of football, uh, first and foremost, before we get into that. So, um, obviously, you have Division One, and it's uh, it's split into two sectors. So, in Division One, you have FBS, uh, which is D1A, and FBS stands for football. Um, bowl uh, subdivision, basically all the teams, I think it's around 129, 130 teams that uh, are at the FBS level get, get a chance to go to bowl games, and obviously the college football playoff at the end of the season. Um, then you have uh, FCS, which is D1AA, and that's the football championship series, and those are teams that uh, a little bit of a smaller tier, but still in D1, and when they are finished with conference play, they get to play in like a tournament bracket playoff uh, type deal, so that's why it's this championship. So that's Division One. Uh, then you get into D two, Division Two. Uh, again, they do the championship series. Um, Division Three, same thing. And then, so that they're all under NCAA, so they're governed by the NCAA. And the next level after that is NAIA. Then they have their own governance, and then you have uh, junior colleges, JUCO programs. So those are the different divisions, and um, it's important to talk about those things because. Uh, when we start talking about full athletic scholarships and partial scholarships and academic scholarships and whatnot, um, certain ones apply to certain divisions. So, um, first and foremost, a full athletic scholarship, uh, you can get that at the Division One route. Uh, typically, the FBS programs, you can either get a full athletic scholarship or nothing. You know, so you can't get. Um, so Alabama can't give out half athletic scholarship and half academic. That's not how it works at the D1 FBS level. Um, so if you don't get an athletic scholarship, uh, then you're going to have to either just pay for school or, or potentially go the academic route and try to get an academic scholarship on your own. Uh, and then we get into D1AA, or sorry, yeah, D1AA, that's the FCS level. Um, you can actually have a combination of both. Uh, they have two different pots that they pull from. You can get an athletic scholarship as well as an academic scholarship and kind of mesh those together. 
So that's why it's imperative to have really good grades and really good test scores at the high school level. So parents, players out there, make sure that you're um, prepping for the ACT and SAT test and doing well on that and make sure your GPA is high. Make sure it's up above 3.5 for sure. Um, the higher you get your GPA up and the higher your test scores, the better chances that you can um, reduce expenses on on your tuition to go to D1AA program. And if you have really good talent, then you're helping that football team out by saving them money um, and saving yourself money. So um, D2 and D3 are quote-unquote academic scholarships. So your grades determine, your grades and your talent determine how much money will get taken off of your expense to go to that program. So that's how it's done there. Uh, same thing with NAI and then junior college, you know, you're basically getting a scholarship or not or a partial. So um, that's kind of the, the different levels there. Um, Chris, why don't you talk about, like, what a preferred walk-on is, what a walk-on spot is, uh, things of that sort. Yeah, for sure. And one important thing, guys, to realize why grades are important, think about your ACT score. With different particular schools, sometimes getting one extra point increase on your ACT could be a difference of adding somewhere between three to $6,000 in financial aid. Uh, at, tacked on to getting your academics paid for. So it's very important that you pay attention to your grades because um, that we have seen situations where guys can get their total education paid for through academics and they could get an, an opportunity to be a walk-on athlete at a football program. So uh, very nice for a college football program to not have to expend a scholarship. So so now let's cover you know the difference between scholarship, preferred walk-on, and walk-on. So 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 a scholarship athlete is somebody where their their football opportunity, their education is pretty much all paid for 100 percent or at least 90 percent of it. So you can get that full scholarship to cover everything. You know that's kind of the highest of the high. That's that's what everybody wants to strive for or get. Uh, some guys don't get that going into their recruiting process, and they have to earn it through playing time and earning that starting spot. Um, like Brian mentioned here, if you are in the Division II realm, sometimes you're going to get a combination of a partial scholarship and partial academic scholarship, but uh, the Division II doesn't really give you that, that, that full scholarship through athletics. Uh, preferred walk-on, uh, a, a, a school really isn't committing any money to you, but you have almost all the all the accolades, all the things that come with being a scholarship athlete, it's just you don't have your school paid for. Right, Brian? Absolutely. So, and then after that comes walk-on. Now, a walk-on opportunity, depending on, on how you look at it, can be a very good blessing, um, but it also could be, uh, you know, you could look at it in a different perspective depending on w what your viewpoint of what you're trying to reach is. So a walk-on opportunity, you know, sometimes the football programs don't have as many um, strings attached to you as much, you still have a spot on the team, um, but you're obviously not as valued as much as a preferred walk-on, but I don't like to use the word valued because sometimes a football program may only have that left as an opportunity to offer you as a walk-on because they utilize their scholarship or a preferred walk-on to somebody else, but they have one more spot for a specialist through walk-on. Now, we've heard a lot of stories over the years. Brian and I have been doing this for about nine years now. Um, there have been various, numerous, I should say, opportunities where athletes came in as a walk-on and became the starter, 
and then they earned that scholarship. Or, heck, they went on to the NFL, but they came in as a walk-on status. So be, having that walk-on status doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. So, um, Brian, why don't you talk about and let the audience know about the, the 110 rule. Yeah, so there um, t- used to be 105 people that would come to fall camp. So once you're getting done with summer workouts, you have August that comes, and that's the month before the regular student body shows up to college. So um, typically in the past, there's been 105 athletes that get invited to fall camp to D1 programs. And we actually have heard that there's been a couple of D2 and D3 programs that have done this as well. But we know that the rule at the D1A level is 110 athletes are invited to come and compete. And they basically have three to four weeks where they're in fall camp competing and trying to get their number one spot or get number two spot. And as a specialist, it's important to try to get into fall camp because there are typically only about five to six specialists, kickers, punters, snappers, that get invited to fall camp. So, you know, you know, two, two kickers, two punters, two snappers type deal. Obviously, it varies different teams. but um, So now it is bumped to 110. And, you know, I think that definitely helps specialists because if they're unsure about a specific position, like with punting, if they're just not sure, they may add a seventh guy in there. You know, so um, some teams, they may be really confident in their guys and are careful with their reps, and they may only have five guys four or five guys, you know, in fall camp. So it just depends. So um, if you do not make it to fall camp, then your goal as a walk-on is to hope to join the team the first week of school, and that's right when the season starts. So obviously it's tough because you're more than likely not going to start um, because there's five or six guys ahead of you. Uh, but we also have heard that guys have come in as a regular walk-on spot, joined the program, did really well the first couple weeks. Guys gotten hurt or guys gotten, you know, not doing well. And the next thing you know, the guy's playing. So, you know, it's not entirely bad to get just an informal walk-on spot and join the program the first week of school. So don't be down in the dumps if that's what you got. You know, the biggest thing is, is if you can get a locker, if you can be able to say, I have a locker, I have a locker in this locker room. I'm on the team. That's great. That's awesome. You are on the team. You have an opportunity to compete. You know, you you could do two years of being the best scout team kickoff guy, and by your junior year, you've impressed the coaches so much, saved them a scholarship, that they appoint you as the starter your junior year. You know, so um, that's how you explain the 110. So anytime recruits that you get offered a preferred walk-on or walk-on spot, it is crucial that you guys ask the coach, all right, coach, does that mean that I get invited to fall camp with the 110? You know, and that way he can let you know um, if you're going to be joining the program in August or joining the program uh, at the beginning of September. You know, the other part that sometimes we forget to let people know about is, you know, let's say you got a dream school that you really want to go to and you're, you're dead set on it. Your whole family lineage went there. Uh, let's talk about open tryouts, all right? Sometimes people don't really know much about it, how it works. But an open tryout typically happens about two different times a year. Sometimes it's the week of school start, and sometimes it's maybe the week or so before uh, spring ball. But basically an open tryout 
allows a team to, you know, try you out. And basically, it's almost like the college kicking camp, you know, in the summer. But it's just it's a little tryout that happens uh, for part of a day. And the, it gives the team a chance to either bring on one more guy or, you know, they kind of put you on the reserves until they need an opportunity, you know. Uh, so we've kind of seen it happen various ways with guys who, who walk on. And actually, as a matter of fact, um, if you guys are listening to the podcast, hopefully you heard our previous episode where we interviewed long snapper Josh Harris. Um, he essentially did that route as an open tryout with Auburn, earned an opportunity, and got called about six weeks later to take on that take on a role as a walk-on. And so that's another route you guys could do is is do a open tryout. And the other thing with that too is is the by by rules when they call it an open tryout. They literally have to keep it open to any and all students of that particular institution to come try out. So you could get a little bit of everybody, people who want to try out just because they they want to say that they tried out. And then you get the serious folks, too, that, that are looking to do that. So that is another opportunity to get on the team. It is a little bit of an uphill climb, but it just depends on that dedication and how much you really want it. Because I've, I've seen it happen with guys that I've trained where it almost took them two or three semesters to get that opportunity. So it, it just depends on how much you want that that dream. Yep. Well, hey guys, we really hope that you enjoyed um, you know this ten or fifteen minutes of industry advice. A lot, a lot of good knowledge there that other camps do not talk to you about at all. And so we hope that you appreciate it. Uh, by all means, send us any DMs or messages if you have any other questions about it. Exactly. And for those of you who like this type of advice we give you, you know Brian and I are available for training opportunities uh, we do offer virtual lessons so you don't necessarily have to be in minnesota or alabama and we can we can train you virtually through the comforts of your own home uh, from wherever you live so we are available to help so feel free to reach out to us and thank you guys for your ongoing support have a great day hey what's up 40 nation this podcast has been brought to you by nkr the national kicking rankings platform It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out NationalKickingRankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.